Welcome to another episode of Highland Football Weekly Favourite 5, episode 5 of our Favourite 5 instalment. And on this week's show, we have an Inverurie Locos legend, their club captain, Neil McLean. Neil, good to have you along with us this evening. Hi, thanks Ian, thanks for having me along. Looking forward to going through some old memories here. Well, that's, uh, that's what lockdown has given us uh, over this uh, last couple of weeks. We've uh, been able to reminisce and there's been a lot of classic football matches on television etc but uh, Neil we're looking forward to going over your your fave favourite games. How has lockdown affected you? How's, how's, how have you been coping during lockdown? I coping, coping okay. Uh, as I spoke before Ian it's uh, the kids school work and juggling everything there with, uh, with your own job at times is, is tricky and you've got to learn a bit of patience and resilience as as my, my daughter's teachers keep telling me, uh, when they're handing out the work, etc., on a Monday, which, yeah, just interesting to, to see what the teachers go through and going through that. And obviously, work's uh, not the same as it was before, so just uh, adjusted to working from home. But there's a lot of people in, in worse situations and in similar situations, so just have to try and make the best of it. Uh, obviously, missing the football, as everybody is. Uh, and as you say, you know, getting the chance to reminisce about. Uh, glory days or past past days etc and hearing what other guys have, uh, have taken from their time in Highland League and, and football in general in the north it's, uh, it's been really good It's interesting to go back to the, the homeschooling element there my, my kids are due their, their school report cards and when you were speaking there uh, about your own uh, your own way of teaching I just wonder what my kids would say about me on my report card what would your how would your kids describe Mr McLean as a teacher, I think, I think fair. Hopefully, is one of the words <laughs> used to describe a little bit of humour. Like, I mean, it's uh, it's they, they've done well. I think uh, as, as we also said before, you know, hats off to the teachers that, that do Absolutely. this as a, for a living. Uh, my sister's a teacher as well, so I could I'll have to give her a bit of kudos now as well. Um, but no, I mean, the kids. Hopefully, they've enjoyed a wee bit of it. Uh, and after the summer, hopefully, it gets back to a bit of normality. But I, I'd hope they'd think I was fair. Well, I know my kids would say that I'm an absolute disciplinarian, but uh, <laughs> there we go. That's just no, I'm joking. No, I, I, I'm looking forward to uh, well, today uh, we heard the announcement that schools hopefully will go back to uh, 100% capacity in August. So um, yeah, well, here's uh, here's hoping that uh, happens, and and I think you're right there. Fair play to the teachers; they do a tremendous job. But less about uh, teachers and homeschooling, more about football. Uh, Neil, you've been with Inverurie Locals now for 17 years. And there's uh, there's there's four locals games that you've chosen as your favourite five. There's I'm I'm glad you've chosen uh, an international as well because that's come up and it's a tournament that um, I, I've been missing for the last couple of years now. I, I really like the tournament, but we'll go back to 2004. Uh, the first game that you've chosen is the North uh, Qualifying Cup. Inverurie locals beating Cove Rangers by four goals to nil to win the tournament. Uh, your first trophy as well at Locos. Yeah, it was uh, like you say, it's my, my first trophy with Locos. I think it was the first was that a major trophy that, that Locos were uh, were good enough to win uh, in in their time in the Highland League. I know they'd won the Aberdeenshire Shield the season before, uh, which is a regional tournament. But uh, you know the qualifying cup, which back in the day was a was a great tournament. It was probably the you know the, the highlight uh, tournament of the season. Uh, being only four 
teams from the Highland League, the, you know, the four semi-finalists that advanced to the Scottish Cup first round. So it was always played early in the season. Uh, I think the, the final was either in October or November most seasons, and the four the four final uh, the four semi-finals went to the Scottish Cup, and we were we were started the season really well. My first season with locals and to get to a cup final so early and that was, was just really good for me and really good for the club to, to see where we were progressing and where we were going to go. Yeah, you mentioned there you joined Locos in that summer. That must have been a good feeling having just joined the club to to get a, a winner's medal in your back pocket so early on in your in your career. Yeah, it was great. I mean, the, the team we had uh, at the time under John Gardner was, was young, hungry. You know, there was a lot of a core of guys that were, were local there. Uh, you know, the, probably the, the man of the match on the day was Craig Loss, uh, scored a hat-trick, great player for Locos, uh, probably one of the best players I played with at Locos. Um, I went to school with, with Roscoe uh, through first year and, and played schools football with him. So him and, you know, Stuart Mackay, uh, Richard Davidson, the four, the four of us kind of were in the same year at school. And to win that with them and to win it with, the, with Locos as a club was, was just brilliant. And, you know, the amount of support we had on the day and how good an occasion it was for, for the whole club was just brilliant and, and as you say it kind of was a great start to my career at Locos. The qualifying cup is now a thing in the past which is a good thing too um, all Highland League sides of course uh, starting in the first round or some start in the second round as well so they're straight into the Scottish Cup now but it was a thing of the past the qualifying cup but to get the qualifying cup and know that you're, you're into the Scottish Cup for the following season I mean that's uh that sets you up for the rest of the season. That season uh, that you mentioned there, two thousand and four five. That's your first season at the club, and you finished second that year behind Huntley, only two points, only losing out on the league title by by two points. How would you sum up that debut season, uh, given the fact that you already had a trophy in the bag? Say it was a success. I mean, when I first joined the club, um, I think we were building. You know, the, the locals weren't in the Highland League too long, uh, so there was a bit of you know, they were quite new to the league and finding their feet a wee bit. I, I'm not sure. I mean, when I first joined locals, I didn't I didn't really have a clue about the Highland League. If I'm being honest, <laughs> um, you know, I'd just come back from America the season before and then played for Elgin for a year. Um, I didn't know, it was a bit of an up and down season at Elgin I thought I played well but um, decided that probably pastures knew or, or what was needed uh, locals came in and I'm, I'm local to the, to the club I'm from Old Melbourne just outside of Baruri so mm-hmm. um, yeah I mean the season was, was good um, disappointing to finish second we kind of pushed it to the sort of last three games uh, Huntley had a good side we let a few silly uh, games go by uh, where we probably should have uh, made a better run of it but I think we got to uh, two other cup finals that season um, but winning the qualifying cup was obviously the, the pinnacle of that season for us and, and set us up for probably the next four or five seasons to, to really go on and, and push for honours uh, at the club Now you beat Cove Rangers 4-0 in that qualifying cup final what are your main kind of memories from the game itself? Uh, the, the main memories, obviously, apart from, from Roscoe's hat trick, was uh, was how bad a day weather-wise it was. It was chucking down the rain the whole game, I think. Uh, and as many people who have played at Christie Park uh, will know, it doesn't really stand the test of uh, the, the, the elements uh, too well uh, anymore. But I mean, because it was early in the season, the pitch held up not too bad, and it was 
it wasn't until later on it started getting a bit of a, a mud bath. But uh, yeah, just the celebrations at the end. I mean, that's one thing that epitomised us as a club and as a team. Uh, my first season was a team spirit and the togetherness. You know, from there, there was no egos, there was no spectacular, you know, players. Everybody, you know, bits of great players. Don't get me wrong. You know. You know, guys at the back, Scott Buckin, Mark Simpson, Stephen Park, uh, you know, Tommy Wilson and Craig in the middle, Kenny Cool up front with Stuart McKay, you had me on the left and, and Singer on Richie Singer on the right. It was a really good core of boys who just really worked hard for each other and just the, the elation that we had uh, at the end of the game. And I remember, you know, got John Gardner and, and the coaching staff, they'd be delighted as well and being the first major trophy for locals, you know, the whole club was just buzzing off of it. Some real Locals legends you've mentioned there. That, as I mentioned, that season uh, you finished second in the table, but you end the season in the Navy Blue of Scotland. The second game of your favourite five is Scotland five, Wales one. Now this was some some listeners may not uh, know about this tournament. I only came across this tournament having moved up to the Highlands in two thousand and six and encountered it for the first time in 2007, correct me if I'm wrong, the year after, when it came to to the Highlands. Uh, It was a Four Nations tournament, Scotland, England, Ireland and Wales, uh, for semi-pro, if you like. So there was a Highland-Lowland select, if you like, put together. Um, A fantastic tournament, in my opinion, anyway. Um, What were your uh, memories from the 2005 tournament? You've obviously picked the Wales game, uh, winning 5-1, playing for your country and winning 5-1, uh, you can't get any better than that. No, I mean, it was, uh, as you say, the, the tournament, uh, I was lucky enough to play in the next, you know, from that tournament, I played in the next three consecutive tournaments after that. Uh, and then they disbanded it. So I think it is a loss to, to both, the, well, it was at the time, the Easter Scotland League, which is now the Lowland League, yep. uh, and the Highland League itself. It gave the guys something to, to push for at the end of the season, playing for the various selects. Um, but as you say, you know, pulling on the dark blue, uh, beating Wales, it doesn't get any better than that. Especially the the scoreline that we had uh, on the day, which was which was just great. I think you're right. I think giving players in, or, or when it was the East of Scotland and the Highland League, um, a chance to pull on the navy blue of Scotland and represent your country. You were obviously very fortunate because you played for the Scottish Schoolboy Internationals earlier in your career. What's that like pulling on uh, for obviously the schoolboys and for the semi-pro side? What's that feeling like pulling on the Navy Blue of Scotland, going out and representing your country at whatever level it may be? Yeah, it's obviously a, it's a huge honour uh, for, for myself personally and I think you know your family, your friends, I think some of your friends probably not really that bothered about it when it gets to, to, to the level that we're at, but uh, no, it's just tremendous pride, and as you say, to represent your country at any level, at any sport, uh, is amazing. And just the over, overwhelming feeling of pride that I had, even you know, the schoolboys, I was tremendously proud to to do that. And you know, you feel that you know you are the best of the best at the country at that level. Um, and it's just you know, you, you never turn down your country. And you kind of feel a bit, you know, the old saying goes that you feel ten feet tall, or you do, and you feel like you can just keep going and keep running and the energy you get gives you a lift uh, when, you, when you play for Scotland. We'll talk about the game in a, a few moments time but I want to get your your memories of the 
the trip itself. Um, a few years ago, I, uh, I spent some time with the Scotland Shinty Boys, and they used to kind of go across to Ireland and play a combination game of Shinty Hurling, and they, they had a real uh, rip-roaring time, uh, if you like, over in, the, in Dublin for the away leg. Um, Jim Fleeting, Tommy McIntyre pulled together a, a really good squad of players. I had a look at the squad earlier on there, real, some real uh, legends in there, and real cracking players. What was the uh, the trip to Cork? It was that you played that game uh, against Wales. What was the trip to Ireland like? What was it? Uh, what was the, the the spirit in the camp like? Ah, it was. Uh, you know, if you've seen if you've seen the squad, it, it was made up of mostly Highland League guys. You know, mm. some, some really experienced Highland League guys. Uh, you know, Derek Mill, Mickey Stephen, Fraser, Bra, I think Scott Anderson, and Rob Brown from the Vale played. You know, Martin Johnson from Cove. Um, so there were some really great football players in there. Um, I would say the, the, the abiding memory of it was the professionalism of it. We were treated by the Jim Fleet and Tommy Mack as full-time players. You know, you trained every day. You did recovery uh, sessions. You did. You know, there were so many, so many things that were geared up for us to be as successful as we, we could be on the park. And, and ultimately, you felt like a professional for that week you were there. With a great night out on the, the Saturday after the last game um, over over in Cork, and again, just all the boys having great crack together and, and really enjoying everybody's company um, there. Which, which again, is just you know, it gave guys a taste of what maybe they could have done, and you know, maybe potentially spurred some guys on to, to try to aspire to, to do that. If I remember when the tournament came to. Um, what was played in Inverness and Dingwall and Brora, I'm yeah. pretty sure, were the was the other uh, host venue when it came to the Highlands. The SFA certainly had the kind of professional look about it. It was almost like a, a, an element of the national side. That that that's a, a nice touch. And as I said earlier on, you know, when guys get the chance to represent Scotland at any level, it, it means a lot. And it was nice for the, I suppose, the SFA to to kind of treat it like it was the national team, if you like. Yeah, it was great. I mean, uh, if, if you look at, you know, on, on the, the, other side, the south side of the border, you know, you've got the, the England, they call it the England C team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're fully affiliated with, you know, with the England national side. They train at St George's now, I believe. You know, they play internationals against, you know, not, they don't just play the whole nations and they still continue to do that. And I remember uh, certainly looking at the Wales lineup. And some of the guys there had had senior caps, so they'd played for the, the full national team. I remember the goalie was a guy, uh, Tony Roberts, from, Q- from he played for QPR. And I remember looking back, you know, you could get the Premier League years, I think it was 92, 93 or something. That, mm-hmm. uh, I remember seeing him playing for QPR against Man United, so that was the calibre of players we were playing against. Uh, I know I noted down some of the players that, that played that year um, and went on to play, you know, Craig McHale Smith played, played for England. Uh, he went on to win a full Scotland Cup. So, tell me how that works out. I'm not sure. But uh, and so, you know, over the years as well, you know, you played against you know guys George Boyd at Burnley. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was playing non-league at the time and went on to to play senior for Scotland and play in the Premier League. So, the calibre of guys we were up against, you know, we were all Highland League part-time players and we we gave it all. And it's the scoreline in that first game. Shows you we weren't outclassed or outgunned in any way. You mentioned names there. There's obviously a Highland connection because the scorer for Wales that night was the former Cali Thistle midfielder Owain Tudder Jones. 
You beat Wales 5-1 in the opener. What's your abiding memories of that game? Uh, just, I just remember, you know, the occasion, you know, Cold Ramblers, I think, was the, was the ground we played at. And uh, I just remember Stuart Mackay, how good he was uh, when he was when he was playing for, for Scotland that day and scored, I think. I'm sure he scored two, maybe scored three, actually, that day. But I think just the, the overall... Dominance by Scotland, and it was you know, I wish I wish Scotland full national team had a bit of dominance like that about them. But uh, I just remember the the dominance we had that day, and and how good a feeling it was to, to you know to pull off that result playing for Scotland uh, against one of the other home nations. Well, let's put it this way: I don't imagine the the full men's national team going to a, a tournament and, and, and scalping someone five one. Uh, I think we'd all be dreaming if that was the case. You. Draw with Ireland in the next game, the hosts, and then you narrowly lose to England 3-2. Um, you finished second place in the group that year. Um, again, looking back on it, might have, in another day, might have uh, might have finished top. Were you gutted to, to finish second? I think, yeah, I think, well, delighted to, to, to be in a running in the last game to... To, to, to win the tournament I think we we drew one all with, with Ireland I think we'd scored in the last five minutes and then they equalised very late on uh, I'm not going to name drop but I think it was maybe Shane Long who's now at Southampton okay. uh, I think he was the one that's because it was a League of Ireland under 21's team that yep. played uh, and I'm sure he played in that game I'm not sure if he scored but uh, I know he was certainly playing but in we thought we felt we were good enough to win that that game and should have won that game probably. Um, but I think when it came to the England England game in the last game, I think we had run out of steam. Um, I think you know the three games in a week, training every day, finally caught up with us. We put so much into the other two games uh, that we played, and I think it was just maybe a step too far. Although we we, we gave a good account of ourselves, I think we were lucky to come away with a three two uh, at the end of it. Well, I was just thinking there, the amount of international tournaments that are now in operation, the, the the Nations League is the latest one. Surely we can bring back the Four Nations Tournament because, I mean, you've mentioned some players there, some some uh, terrific names that uh, have played in this tournament and have gone on to, to big things in, in the game. But, yeah, I think that was a... I'd love to see it come back, put it that way. Uh, game three of your five. Neil, we're going to go back to, back to Locos. We started with you guys winning the qualifying cup, but you eventually get your hands on another major piece of silverware, and it's the Highland League Cup this time for the first time in the club's history. You beat Cove Rangers, we're back to Christie Park in Huntley, and we're beating Cove. A nice moment winning the, the Highland League Cup for the first time? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, we... You know, the previous seasons we'd uh, we'd kind of lost the league. Uh, I think twice uh, we'd finished second. I think it was uh, Huntley also that first season, uh, and then Devon Vale, who'd mm-hmm. probably one of the best title league sides I'd played against. You know, Mark Chisholm and a lot of those guys um, who played there, Rob Brown and, and the, the likes of. Um, they were a great side, but so I think COVID won the league as well uh, before the Highland League, before that cup final. That's right, yeah. So we were out to, and we started really well that season. I think we were first first few weeks uh, or first few months. Sorry, we were hadn't lost a game and then capitulated after Christmas. A lot of injuries and suspensions hit us hard, um, 
and it was good obviously the Covid won the league so we kind of felt that we had to, to go out and, and put something over them and, and try and finish the season on a high um, and luckily you know Christie Park's been quite a, a happy hunting ground for cup finals for, for locals and for me personally so um, yeah we were confident moving into that game Yeah you mentioned there Cove are champions going into the game now We've spoke to a number of um, guys on the podcast related to Highland League. We had Robbie Williamson on a few uh, podcasts ago and they won the double that year. It's, it tends to be the thing that the, the league winners want the, the League Cup as well. How nice was it though to put one over on the champions and, and deny them that? Well, not not only to deny them the, the double, but to, to grab the silverware in the process. Yeah, it was, it was great and... Uh... You know, Cove obviously, whoever wins the league deserves to win the league again. Uh, there's no no doubt about that. And yeah, I think you know the last game of the season is usually that reserved for the Highland League Cup final, uh, and you, you have a bit of bragging rights going in the close season uh, that you've done that, and ultimately you know stop them as you say doing the double. But I think I don't think that was ever our sort of mantra. What we ever wanted to do was stop them. I think we we were a good side in our own right and wanted to, to go out there and, and prove that we were. Um, and prove that we could compete with the best teams in the league and, and we did that on the day with another great win. You've mentioned rightly so there the the league campaigns that you, you've well you finished second to Huntley in 2005 Devon and Vale 2006 you miss it on goal difference to Keith in 2007 then in 2008 to, to win the, the League Cup it, it, it seemed like that side that group of players were were improving year on year and was it was it just a, I suppose a, a relief to to get silverware, having been you know you obviously got the qualifying cup in two thousand and four, but to to finish runners up for for three seasons if you like, was it just a relief to to go out and and get some silver and know that this this group of players can win honours. Locals, you know, we're always a very consistent side uh, in the league that first sort of maybe 10 years that, that they were in the in the league itself uh, we were always pushing to, to, to improve and to try and challenge for the league and I think we did that consistently we did challenge consistently but as you you know everybody remembers the league uh, the league winners but everybody remembers winning winning things and trophies and you look back in your career um, it's medals that you want to have in your possession and, and winners medals uh, certainly so yeah it was just really about trying to take us to that next level and, and push us over the line to, to win major silverware rather than you know continually keep going for the, the regional cup so to speak We've talked to a lot of guys on the podcast who've won trophies at various different levels and various different clubs but to get a winner's medal in your back pocket, as you mentioned there as well the League Cup is the kind of the showpiece event of the season, it's always towards the end if not the last game of the season how nice a feeling was that winning that League Cup that year and, and getting that, well, another winner's medal in your back pocket? Oh, it's fantastic. Um, and again, as I allude back to the previous game and going away with the Scotland setup, uh, you know, you knew there was a couple of the Cove guys that were going to be there that you could uh, you could maybe noise up if you've, if you've put one over them. Uh, again, the, the, you know, the, the celebrations and the, and the togetherness of the squad uh, that we had at Locos and I think that's been a theme throughout my time at Locos is the togetherness that you've had with, with the players and with the with the fans and the affinity you've had with the fans uh, they always come out in great numbers and support us um, I think I came across when I was my testimonial a few years ago 
uh, I was looking through the, some old pictures of the cup final wins and there was a picture of me and Goldie, uh, I think it was me, Goldie and Scott Buckin celebrating with, with the fans and uh, young Greg Mitchell who's our uh, vice captain I think and, and you know, regular in the, in the team now, he must have been about 10 or 11 in, in with the fans as well so it was makes me feel old Ian but it's, uh, it's, it's good to see that you know guys like Greg and that coming through from, from the local scene you know Mark Suter uh, established local guys who who have been at the club for years and will go on to be at the club for years and you know the days like that is what they want to be involved in um, and it was certainly the, you know, the cup finals and the cup final wins were the highlights of my time there We spoke to Simon Allen a few weeks ago on the podcast about Forrest winning one of his games with Forrest winning the, the title and yeah. we spoke about the celebrations afterwards of course um, and, and in the town of Forrest and it was a, a real moment for, for Forrest as well and I suppose that's the same for Inverurie you know when when a town like Inverurie Forest they win something the the town feels the benefit as well that must have been another um, highlight for you as well is is you know is making the the area proud of the team yeah certainly I mean uh, it's it's one of the endearing uh, things Inverurie is that the town does get right behind you uh, you know the everybody kind of goes back to you know the Motherwell game mm-hmm. uh, with the Scottish Cup and the lead up to that I mean it's probably not one of my favourite it's not in my top five in terms of the game itself uh, but the build up and the lead up to it was was brilliant you know all the town shops etc getting uh, themselves donned in red and black and you know the support you have during the week and the build up to it was uh, fantastic and yeah Inverurie is a community club uh, as many of the clubs in the Highland League are uh, you rely on the support from the local community and, and luckily locals are very well backed from you know the chairman being a local businessman uh, many of the committee have their businesses locally and work locally and a lot of the supporters are all you know local you see them you know out with football times and you can have a chat with them in the street etc you know t- to know that you're 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 helping them and, and they're enjoying it as well just you know just makes it all the more worthwhile. I was, I was thinking about this a few weeks ago, I really hope that when the whole coronavirus thing is over, that actually more people in local towns, local cities, actually go and uh, support the local team that have maybe missed out on, on football for however many months, because there'll be a, there'll be a lot of clubs up and down the country that will need um, supporters to come along, come through the gates when, when it's safe to do so. Um, and I really hope that uh, there'll be a lot more people uh, get behind the local Team, I know that obviously locals have a, a fantastic support already, um, but I'm sure that the, the rest of the clubs in the league will, will kind of echo those sentiments. Uh, Neil, your fourth game of your five is another League Cup win. It's the year after uh, you guys won it, obviously for the first time, beating Cove in 2008 at Christie Park and Huntley. And then the year after, uh, you're at Kynock Park and Keith to take on Fraserburgh. Now, it was, I was quite fortunate. I watched this game on, on YouTube. It must have been one of the... I know that obviously you can now watch Highland League games on, on YouTube and, and highlights, but this must have been one of the first games uh, on YouTube I've, I'd come across anyway. But it, luckily enough, I watched it. Uh, you're up against Fraserburgh in the final. A very tough game. It heads to extra time. What are your, your memories of this one? You eventually win it 2-1, though. Yeah, it was just, as you say, you know... Uh always a tough game against Fraserburgh at home away neutral venues it's always always tough um, I remember it was quite a long season for us we'd, I think we'd won the I'm not sure if it was the start of the season before that we won the North Challenge Cup which ended up replacing the qualifying cup mm-hmm. but we 
I just remember it being a really slog of a season, a really long season, uh, with a few key injuries for the final. Uh, Tommy Wilson, skipper, again, one of the best players I've ever played with, Tommy, uh, was struggling. He missed the game. Uh, Spider, Graham Stewart, Bucky manager now, he missed the game. Uh, I remember Kenny Cool was the captain. And just two great sets of fans. You know, the atmosphere, you know, in a Fraserburgh Cup final, the locals is, is always great. Uh, and it also brings out a lot of neutrals. So I remember there being quite a big crowd at Kinda that day, mm-hmm. uh, and it being a sweltering hot day, which and, you know, but makes it even tougher. Uh, but just yeah, and Scott Mickey's goal at the end, a cracking goal from Scott was was the abiding memory I'll take away from from the game. Uh, didn't score many long range efforts, but that was one of, probably up there with one of the best I've seen from Scotty. Uh, and again, good to finish the season winning silverware. And to win the cup back to back as well, you obviously won it the year before. Um, to get back to back wins, uh, an incredible feeling. Yeah, I think if you know with any, if you can repeat anything, you know whether it's a league, a cup, uh, you know getting it as before, you know getting into the Scottish Cup. Uh, previously, if you can do that back to back, it always just sets you up a wee bit uh, for the next season and. You know, just proves that you're you're up there with the, the, one of the best teams in the league, and to do it, you know, the double uh, that way. we did the double previously with the qualifying cup, and to do the double with the league cup was was you know was brilliant as well, and, and a great feeling for for me personally and for the club. And you beat Cove en route to the final as well, in a kind of grudge match of last year's final. Um, always a difficult run for the league cup. I mean, it starts normally, you know, March. So depending on how the, the how kind the weather is to you that year there's, you're talking a, quite a, a lot of games to, to schedule in um, but you obviously uh, made the final and uh, quite an impressive run but as I say beating Cove was a was a big moment too yeah I think as, as you say you know it's you know it's, it is the, now it is only a cup competition that everyone in the Highland League's in so you have to beat the best teams if you want to win it yes you can get lucky with, with, with draws on, on occasions but uh, to, to get to the final and to win the, the trophy, you need to beat the best teams in the Highland League. And you know, we, we were we were fortunate to, to have a good run that, that year. As I say, I think we were quite uh, running out of steam towards the end. But you know, you get yourself up for a cup final. Uh, you know, you have to beat your best to, to compete with Fraserburgh, let alone beat them. So we we were under no illusions that we had to to go out and perform. Now you mentioned there that. There's a lot of consistency in terms of the, the, the group of players that have achieved success over a, a number of years at, at Locos. Winning back-to-back trophies is, again, a, a, an incredible achievement. Could that group of players also celebrate as well? What was the celebrations like after either cup final? But I imagine back-to-back was a, was a nice moment. Ah, it was always good, you know. Back to the social club, there was a good few. Uh, obviously, I was a lot younger then, uh, so I don't celebrate them as much as I used to. But yeah, there was a, a great togetherness. Uh, the club, you know, it was always a free bar at the at the social club. Uh, at some point, until somebody came out with a tray of Jaegers, and that was it. Free bar was cancelled. Um, but yeah, you just used to. I remember that was always what we did at the, the club back in the day was we, we always went back to the social club and there was a party you know all the all the, the wives and girlfriends uh, were there as well and you just get yourself straight into it and a few boys ended up in town or you ended up just you know hanging out in Inverurie and, and enjoying the celebrations more and, and yeah just the, the, the club itself was bouncing 
Um, I remember the first qualifying cup. I'm sure there was people on top of the bus in the car park as we got as we pulled in, um, just going daft. But at the end of the day, it was just the supporters, just mad for mad for football with the locals, and and just wanted us to do so well all the time. Yeah, and I think that's the nice thing as well about, like I said earlier on, about you know Forest winning the title. It's good to celebrate with the local community, local fans as well. And I think, you know, when you when you win something in the the Highland League, there's that connection. Obviously, you know, bigger clubs, of course, do have that connection as well, but but not as intimate as the Highland League as well. I mean, when you win a trophy, you head back to the social club. The supporters feel like they're. I know it's a cliche, but they feel part of the team. Yeah, I think that's always been. We've always. Certainly had an affinity with the with the club, uh, and the supporters are all well known to us. Uh, we give a bit, you know, we give a lot back to the to supporters club as they you know give up their time and they do a lot for us. You know, we we, we join in with their end of season uh, get together. We do race nights together, and you know the, the chuff chuffs that we've got as well. Mm-hmm. You know, the noisiest fans in the Highland League. You know what they do. And what Gordon Henderson uh, does with it with the fans there is, is remarkable, and it's you know rightly so that they get the plaudits that, that go to them. I'm not sure everybody's a fan of the noise that they bring uh, and the the time drums, but they're uh, they're tremendous characters, and that's what to me the Highland League's all about is the camaraderie you have with with your fellow players and the guys you play against and the fans that you see and the fans that you meet. You know you get some good one-liners when you go to the various away grounds, etc. Probably not too many you can mention on podcasts, etc. But, <laughs> um, but just it makes it part of the Highland, why the Highland League so so well supported at a local level. Now I'm pretty sure in every episode of uh, our favourite five instalments, we've always had a Scottish Cup mention, and I'm delighted to say that you've chosen a Scottish Cup tie as your your fifth game. But I don't think we've mentioned Lionel Messi too many times on the podcast because the headlines. Uh, on the online daily record is move over Messi as McLean seals a late leveller against Annan Athletic in the Scottish Cup. As of course we're referencing the Scottish Cup third round tie Locos 4 Annan Athletic 4 in December 2015. Now this is again another incredible game. Um, 22 minutes to go at Harlow Park, this is the first game that, that you've chosen uh, is at Harlow Park. 22 minutes left, you're 3-1 up. Then Annan pull it back to uh, 3-2 with 20 minutes to go. They then score late on to make it 3-3. And then 89th minute, make it 4-3. Now, many many sides will have you know just um, admitted defeat at that stage, but, but not, not yourself and not Locos. The reason I say not yourself is because straight from the kickoff, you go on quite an incredible run. You beat a couple of players, go down the left-hand side, you're heading towards the corner flag, you cut back in, and you dink it over the goalkeeper. What's it like going viral, scoring a goal after scoring a, a goal like that? I'm glad you, I'm glad you've called that a goalie, and it's, it's kind of you. <laughs> uh, no, it was just it was one of those, uh, you know, just a tremendous game, as you say. You know, you know a lot of Highland League players all. I'll reminisce fondly about the Scottish Cup uh, and what it means, and you know there's been some some cup upsets over the years and, and things like that. Just this was my five minutes of fame, uh, as they say, and uh, got myself on Soccer AM where Ian Holloway tore me to shreds, uh, which was which was nice of him. 
but uh, yeah, just you know, a, a great occasion, a bit of uh, a bit of being famous for five minutes was good, and you know, to, to come back in that manner, score score a goal in that manner was uh, yes, it's something that will never be repeated from me. I don't think. Now, obviously, it's it's an incredible set of circumstances. Um, a goal like that towards the end of the game is, of course, you know, a big moment. But I think the the way the game unfurled, you know, four three down with a minute to go uh, plus stoppage time, and, and you get the ball from the the, the centre. Um, when you get the ball from this, you know, the the, the centre spot, what's going through your mind as you're kind of heading out towards that left hand side? Um. Well, I mean, it, when we were obviously we should have been out of sight, as you say. You know, we're three one up with twenty minutes to go. We should have put the game to bed or managed the game a lot better. But uh, Annan seemed to just grow in confidence and, and came back into it. And when it was four three down, you're heading in injury time. You're thinking, oh, here we go. That's us out of the cup again. So I ended up got the ball with, uh, with Joe McCabe at the, the centre, and I just said to Joe, I says, look, just follow me. I'm just going to try and try and go here and try, just try and go for it and it, it wasn't like a, a planned route it wasn't a direct route as, as you've seen uh, as many people have seen on the video but it was just one of those things I thought right I'm, I'm either going to keep going and try and see if something opens up or you know I'll get tackled and as 99% of the time that's something that'll happen or you'll run the ball out of play but it just seemed to open up and then as you got past another and there was another one came in and you just kind of it just opened up slightly and then I'll say I put a lovely flighted ball into the box uh, and, and we'll leave it at that Ian that's, that's, where it, that's where it got to and it nestled in the back so no just delighted to, to get the result uh, on the day but yeah just it was a, a bit of a fluke but we'll, we'll take it Now as I mentioned at the start there move over Messi was the headline in the Daily Record the clip went viral the SFA, which is a brilliant thing, I suppose, now where maybe, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you scored a goal in a Scottish Cup tie uh, for a high on league side. The chances of someone seeing it are, are are pretty slim, other than those that are at the game. But now that the SFA film all, all games in the Scottish Cup, you know, moments like that, you'll always have. What's, um, what's it like, you know, that you mentioned five minutes of fame there. What's it like after that game, you know, in the days uh, after it, you know, I'm sure you would have been inundated with, with requests from the, the press and, 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 you know, I'm sure you'd have seen your name all over the, you know, all over the, all of the internet and probably all over the world as well. Yeah, I got, uh, I mean, the first thing, you know, I got to say when we got back in the dressing room, you know, it took me a while to go off the pitch after all the sort of fans and uh, the chuff chuffs, they usually give out a man of the match every every game, so I had to wait for them, and when I got into the dressing room, Scotty Buchan, uh, who was the manager at the time, went a bit daft on, on me and the boys for, for letting go of the lead, so that kind of brought me down to, down to earth quite quickly, uh, but after the, after the game, obviously, went into the social club. Uh, there was a few guys faces were tripping them because I'd, I'd bust an accumulator <laughs> uh, bust a coop in so they weren't, weren't too happy there was a few boys who, in Inverurie who still uh, to this day will, will cross the road if they see me walking the street because I've cost them a few grand but always tell them not to bet against the hometown team so um, I went a bit daft uh, I had a report in Scotland I think phoned the work to ask me to go up 
and recreate the goal. Now, anybody that's seen the goal, you'll never create, recreate that goal on a month of Sunday. So I, I declined that offer and didn't, didn't want to embarrass myself uh, there. But yeah, I mean, my, my sister at the time, uh, she was living in Hong Kong. She's just moved back to Scotland uh, to live and she was... She was in, in Hong Kong and she sent a video of, of my niece and my nephew watching, I think it was uh, match of the day on a Saturday morning uh, and my goal had come up. So, and my cousin in Australia and things like that, they uh, they saw it, you know, a few family members text me again just to say that it come across there. I mean, even guys in America, uh, Graham and Road, Dowser from, from Brora, uh, he's up from Evergordon, he texted me and said he'd seen it uh, online. And as you say, you know, that will never be captured previously in any other Scottish Cup, you know, the, the Highland League, uh, for, you know, from the Highland League side. So, great to have it there. Uh, great to have it, you know, captured for uh, for all time, so to speak, and, and for me to look back on it and, and show the kids, etc., when they're a wee bit older, uh, that Dad could play a wee bit. Excuse my ignorance, but what did Ian Holloway say? What did he say about the goal? Was he claiming it was a cross? He was claiming I should have passed it four times, and, <laughs> uh, and <laughs> I was being too greedy or something. But anyway, you know, it was one of those things. It went, went on soccer, yeah, and the boys got to see it on the on the bus going down to to the replay the following Saturday, which was uh, which was good. I, I think it was I can't remember what it was called again. The the segment uh, on soccer, yeah, I can't remember for the life of me now what it was called. But I was at the end of the segment. Uh, to, to, to show that, to showcase that, and that was what was what Fenners and, and Ian Holloway um, dissected, and, and Holloway gave me a bit of dog's abuse on it. <laughs> no way. What does he know? Exactly. <laughs> you mentioned the replay there, uh, Neil. Obviously, that was a, a another tight match. Annan uh, showed their league to um, superiority and, and win the game 1 0. I think that later that season, maybe the month after that, I think they knocked out Hamilton in the, in the fourth round. Um, now you mentioned Motherwell uh, earlier in the podcast, of course, Locos played them all those years ago in the, in the Scottish Cup. Was that a bit of a, a sore one there? You mentioned, you know, perhaps you let one slip at Harlow Park against them. Was that a bit of a, despite the goal, was that a bit of a sore point knowing that you potentially could have made the fourth round? Yeah, it's always bittersweet when you when you let a lead go like that and you come back. I remember we went down on the Saturday, uh, the following Saturday to Annan, only for the game to get abandoned, uh, to get called off before it started due to high winds. Uh, you know, we were told all the way down the road, no, the game's on, the game's all on. And then the referee got there and called it off, uh, much to our dismay and to the club's dismay, we couldn't believe it. Uh, however, in good Highland League fashion, uh, the Annan boys all went out to train on the pitch and we got tore into the social club, so um, so that was fine. So we had a good bus journey on the way back up uh, that day, but we had to, ended up having to go down on a Tuesday night. I think there was about maybe four or five boys who couldn't get off their work uh, in the short notice, so we ended up only 12 fit players and it was always a tough tough ask to go down there and get a result, although we held our, held our own and, and we maybe could have taken something I'm sure we hit the bar uh, towards the end of the game and, and as you say uh, Annan went on to, to play Hamilton in the next round I think they beat them 4-1 or something like that at their home park but yeah the, the biggest the biggest what if uh, for, for me in the Scottish Cup was when we took our both to replay and, and they'd drawn Celtic or the, the winner would play Celtic in the next round so 
that was that was a biggest what if, and uh, that would have been a good one for the club to, to get a tie at Parkhead. So we were uh, we would have, that would have been a good one for us to, to get through. Neil, it's been wonderful looking over just five. That's always the difficult thing when I speak to guests on this podcast is is narrowing down uh, five games from uh, an a well, career that you spent seventeen years of which at, at locals. Um, what does the the future hold? Obviously, we oh, I suppose we don't know what the future holds in terms of uh, the immediate future in terms of the the coronavirus and when we're going to get back playing football again. But um, for yourself, still. Um, keen to, to remain at Locos and, and get going again when the season starts up? Yeah, hopefully, as you say, you know, we're, we're a bit in the, the dark at the moment as to, as to what will happen and when it will happen. But uh, yeah, I'm signed for next year. I'll be, I'm, I've just turned 39, so I'm certainly not the youngest player in the squad uh, anymore. I'm definitely the oldest still playing. Uh, but I, I still enjoy it and I'll, I'll play as long as the legs and the ability allows. Um, I've got a good relationship with the club. I hopefully once I, once my playing days are over, which I think will be two three years down the line, if you know I stay clear of injury, touch wood, um, I'll get back involved with the club uh, in some capacity, whether that's on the coaching side uh, or whether it's on the, the committee side or, or volunteering, whatever. I'll, I'll get involved in, in some stage, but for the moment, uh, only focusing on the playing and keeping myself fit and ticking over. And hopefully, once. Uh, once things are lifted and we can get back, it can hit the ground running. Neil, it's been a pleasure chatting to you. Good luck with um, the next couple of months, um, whatever the future holds for Inverurie and Highland League football. Um, good luck with the homeschooling as well. May I suggest a history lesson tomorrow? Get the girls uh, in front of YouTube and, and bring up the highlights from uh, well the, the cup finals on there from 2009 and also um, show them your wonder goal. I'm sure you probably have already, but show them again. That's a nice, easy history lesson tomorrow for you. There we go, Ian. I'll, I'll try that one, see if I can get past marks. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm still hoping. I'm still trying, so, so don't worry. <laughs> Neil, thanks very much for your time. It's been a pleasure chatting to you, and thanks for coming on. Thanks, Ian. Much appreciated. Really enjoyed it.